Now the word of the Lord says in Hebrews 11 verse 6, But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is the rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. So without faith we cannot please God and we need faith. So how do we build this faith? And that answer is found in Romans 10 verse 17 when the word of the Lord says, Now faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. So we are thankful to have our pastor in our midst today to feed us with faith so that our ears can hear the word of God. So why don't you rise to your feet as we welcome my father, your pastor. Clap for Pastor Chris. Praise the Lord. Let us pray together. Father, we thank you that we can be here this Sunday morning to dedicate this whole day to you, to worship and to honor you because you are worthy to be praised. We love you, Lord, because you first loved us and gave your son, Jesus, to die in our stead. For that, we are thankful and eternally grateful. Now, today, we ask that you Speak to us through the word and that our lives will be transformed, changed from one degree to a higher degree of glory. And we welcome you, Holy Spirit, to have your own way. Move amongst us in Jesus' name. Amen. You may all be seated. Thank you very much. We, I welcome you from my side and all those watching on Facebook. Welcome to our first service, the Sunday morning. It's a cold Sunday today. Amen. But I'm sure you would have the wisdom to dress warm. One day soon we will build uh, to the top and then there will be no more breezes or winds blowing you cold. Are you excited for that day? Praise the Lord. Thank the Lord for all of you that God kept safe. In this perilous times of Corona, we always are thankful and you must be thankful every day for God's grace on your life. Amen. We are blessed this yesterday that a pastor who visited us, he saw what, that we are busy building and he decided in his heart to send us 100 bags of cement. Isn't that wonderful? This pastor is a friend of mine. His name is Apostle Oscar Hofmeister from Kales River. I just thought I'd mention it to you so that you can see God is sending people to help us to build the church. Amen. And these people know that when they invest in the house of God, then God surely will take note of them and bless them again. Hallelujah. There was a Roman centurion in the days of Jesus who had a sick servant. And when the disciples came to Jesus to ask him for a favor, they mentioned that this man had built for them a synagogue. So he was worthy of a favor from Jesus. I see you also getting a favor, something that you don't deserve because you also invest in the house of God. It's the greatest investment you can ever do. The house of the Lord. Amen. 
Well, um, my wife or somebody else will do the birthdays and so, but I want to recognize um, the sister you went to, Sister Damone. She's our eldest uh, church member. She's in her 80s, I'm sure. 84. And uh, is she here this morning? Just stand so we can clap for you. Beautiful. God bless you. 84 years old and still going strong. Amen. May the Lord bless you, sister. May you finish this race well in Jesus' name. Amen. Not everybody finishes well. <clears throat> Some people start well and they don't finish well. <laughs> Some people start too fast and then they crash. Maybe a slower start is better. But you must finish well. I've buried people who didn't finish well. Or oh, I've been to funerals of people who didn't finish well. May it be the prayer of your heart that you finish well. And that people will gather around you one day and say good things about you. Amen. Hallelujah. Alright, let me preach and let's shorten the service so we can get out of the cold. Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, I want again to continue where I started last week. I'm preaching about Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Our King, our soon coming King. And I love the song that was just uh, ministered to you now about Jesus Christ. Do you like that song also? Some called him devil because of his purpose. Beautiful. But he's our master, our savior. The Lion of Judah, the blessed Lamb of God is He. Hallelujah. Well, Philip went down to Samaria and the Bible says he preached Christ to them. And after that, he healed all them that were caught with the palsy and that were lame because the Spirit of the Lord was with him. And this morning, I want to speak to you again about our Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, and my sermon is called, Who is Jesus to you? Amen. Last week we, we looked at, Who do you say Jesus is? And we're just slightly changing the title to, Who is Jesus to you? John chapter 7 verse 1, or verse 12, in the New Living Translation. There was a lot of grumbling about Jesus among the crowds. Some argued that he's a good man, but others said he's nothing but a fraud who deceives the people. But no one had the courage to speak favorably about him in public because they were afraid of getting in trouble with the Jewish leaders. Midway through the festival, Jesus went to the temple and began to teach. The people were surprised to hear him. And they asked this question. How does he know so much when he hasn't been trained? I'm talking about Jesus. Are you all listening? So Jesus told them, he said, my message is not my own. It comes from God who sent me. Anyone who wants to do the will of God will know whether my teaching is from God or is merely my own. Wow. 
Anyone who wants to do the will of God will know whether my teaching is from God or my own. Those who speak for themselves want glory only for themselves, but a person who seeks to honor the one who sent him speaks truth, not lies. Then in verse 20, the crowd replied, You're demon-possessed. Who is trying to kill you? Jesus replied, I did one miracle on the Sabbath and you were amazed. Then I want to read one more of the whole chapter 7. It's a beautiful chapter. You must read it. Um, verse 31. Many among the crowd at the temple believed in him. After all, they said, would you expect the Messiah to do more miraculous signs than this man has done? Hallelujah. Will you expect the Messiah to do more miraculous signs than this man has done? What he, who is Jesus to you? Hallelujah. You can only receive salvation when you, re, you have a revelation of Jesus Christ. In other words, um, you can hear stories about him because the whole world by and large is Christianized. The largest religion in the world still today is Christianity. The other religions are slowly catching up with us because uh, we have become too secularly intelligent that we think there is no more God. So large parts of Europe that was first Christian is now non-Christian anymore. And uh, that is why it's important that we continue to spread the message of Jesus, build churches, plant churches, and continue to do His work and His will. Amen. But you can know about Christ, you can have heard about Christ, you can be here and sing about Christ. If you have not had a personal revelation, if Christ is not personalized to you, to know that He is a Savior. To know that He's real. To know that He loves you. You see, you will, you will not understand why people are born again. Because you say, no, I also go to church. I also know Jesus. I sing about Him. I talk about Him. But He's not become personal to you. He must become real to you. Hallelujah. He must become personal to you. You must fall in love with Him. Praise God. But in the days when He came to the earth, people had many opinions of Him. Up till today, people have many opinions of Jesus. And last week we saw that some said He's a good man. Others said, no, He deceives the people. Then we realize it's a common thing for human beings to have many opinions. Alright. Now, in John chapter 7 verse 12, they said, he's a good man. But I want to tell you, he was more than just a good man. Hallelujah. Because the birth of Jesus, the life of Jesus, and the crucifixion of Jesus, they were told, prophesied long before he ever came. Now there's no person like this. There are many religions and many, every religion has a certain figure that you, they will mention. That this is our leader or this is our God. But none of them can they rightfully say 
Many years before that man came, they said that he was going to come. They even said that he was going to die on a cross. And they said he will rise again from the dead. So the existence of Christ was prophesied long before he ever came. Hallelujah. When you read about in Isaiah, you see, who's this man talking about? He said he was wounded for our transgressions. Who was wounded? Jesus was wounded. He was bruised for our iniquities. Who was bruised? Jesus Christ. The chastisement of our peace was on him. Then by his stripes, we are healed. In Isaiah, 4,000 years before Jesus ever came. Hallelujah. Throughout the scriptures, it is prophesied. That he was going to come. So you can't just say he's a good man. He was a good man. But I'm here to say Jesus is more than a good man. Hallelujah. He's not any common man. Praise the Lord. Over 100 prophecies in the Old Testament talks about Jesus Christ who is coming. Isn't that powerful? And all the combined weight of these words... Prophecies is enough to tell you that he is the Messiah. Can I tell you something maybe you did not know? The Jewish people, by and large, in Israel, they still believe that Jesus is not the Messiah. That's why the Jewish people only believe in the Old Testament and not in the New Testament. They call the Old Testament the book of the law or the Torah. So Jesus came dwelt amongst us. He came to his own and his own did not receive him. So they are still waiting for a Messiah. Are you listening? But we who know that Messiah has already come. Hallelujah. Of him it was prophesied years ago. Even the place where he was going to come from. Accurately. Bethlehem. So when you see all these wonderful events in the Bible, I'm talking about Jesus and how his father had to run with him to a faraway place. Then he was eventually born in Bethlehem. You see, the prophecy was told 4,000 years before he came. Wow. In Bethlehem, you'll see a star. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're talking about our Savior, Jesus Christ. Was he a good man? He was more than just a good man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then they said he's a deceiver. Aye. But the life, the mission, and the death of other religious leaders reveal their earthly and their worldly origins. You see, because he said he's the son of God, they said no man, no man can be the son of God. And that was the main reason why they said he's deceiving the people. That's why at one stage he had to ask his disciples, who do you say I am? Some said you were prophet just like the other prophets. Some said you are a good man. He said, but you, who do you say? And then Peter said, you are the savior. You are the messiah. You are the Christ. Christ means the anointed one. The one that we expect to come. Peter said, you are the Christ. So as much as Pastor Chris is preaching and you are getting a revelation, 
the question is back to you who do you say who's jesus to you is it just a good man is it just the one we sing about here on a sunday morning or you hear we say in our preaching and our prayer let him become personal to you and don't agree with people who say that he is a deceiver because jesus is not a deceiver hallelujah He is the Messiah he was born miraculously of a woman of a virgin woman and this is in contrast to other claims who can't say they came miraculously I don't want to mention the names of other religious leaders but there are many these people were just born normally and they died normally you can actually go to their graves and see they are there But if you go to the grave of Jesus in Israel, they've got the big sign. I was blessed to be there. There's a big sign at the door that says he is not here. He is risen. You can you can peep in there and there you see that was the 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 grave they laid him but he is not there. He is risen. Hallelujah. Unlike any other religious leader who is still dead and whose dead bones are still in the grave but Jesus said I was dead and behold I am alive forevermore this is when he returned to see his disciples again so some say he's a good man some say number 2 he deceives the people number 3 some say he's a wise man because how can somebody speak like this and you have not been learned hey I see you also becoming wise. You see sometimes you don't have to go to universities or even to school to become wise. If you read the word of God, you will also become a wise person. Hallelujah. He was sharing the word with them and they said, "Wow, what a wise man." But he was more than just a teacher. Hallelujah. His death didn't come without warning. The day before he died he knew he was going to die. And it was the plan of God to send us this wonderful teacher, but more than just a teacher. Hallelujah. And his death was ordained for a purpose. As much as Jesus came to do many things, the main purpose of Jesus was to come to be a sacrifice for you and me. This would save you from your sins. Hallelujah! You would come to die as a lamb on the cross because without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness of sin. He was a great teacher. Oh yes, he was. But his main mission was his eternal goal to come to be slain on a cross, so that all the people who believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Hallelujah! Was he a teacher? Was he a wise man? He was wise, but he was more than just like a wise man standing and teaching you. Amen. He came for a purpose. Somebody told me the other day he said, "You don't have to talk about your wisdom because we 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 believe that the wisdom of a man will be seen in what he does 
Then he said, because when they saw Jesus, they also said, where did this man get this wisdom? Because no man can do the things. Do you see? Where did you get the wisdom? You can't say you're wise, but you can't show you didn't do anything because they said of Jesus, where did, you get, where did he get this wisdom and what great things are these that he has done? Wow. So another brother, I don't think he was very clever. He said, Pastor, you must stop saying that you are so wise and you must, people must look at what you have done because Jesus didn't even build a synagogue. <laughs> I said he didn't have to build a synagogue. Don't you know the very ground you're standing on was built by him? Don't you know the mountain you see there that's got a flat top was made by him? What is a synagogue if he made the heavens, the stars, the moon and the earth? Look at the trees. Look, 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 look. You want him to come build a synagogue? In the beginning, God created. In the beginning, God made the world. And John 1 tells us that in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. Hallelujah. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. Hallelujah. Who is this him? All things were built by him. So if you want to be a wise man, you must build something. Hallelujah. When you talk with my brother when I send a gokin. Who told the stars where to shine in the evening? Who told the ocean you can only come this far? Aye. The shown and the man and the stare at the poor. Hala say, hey, is from the bar. Come say, didn't build a synagogue. But I didn't make the stars and the heavens and the sand and the mountain. So at least I must build a synagogue, isn't it? Do you understand? At least I must build something because my God is a builder. Hallelujah! You know why people criticize successful people? Because they are not successful. People who criticize prayerful people. And say, they are people who don't pray. Do you see now? People who say, you don't have to listen to preaching. You know why they say it? Because they don't listen to preaching. People who criticize buildings. is because they build nothing. Not even a toilet. But my Jesus built the whole world. Amen. You say, let me tell you something. It's maybe too deep for you. I heard one day a preacher said, and I realized it's true. Everything was made by God. Everything. 
we were made by him it's too miraculous to understand you see even mary when she held him in his hand we say the mother held the baby but in reality if all of us were made by god then he must have held mary is in the form of a baby but he's a creator the old him said my creator became my savior and all god's fullness dwelt in him as is walking on water you say the water is holding him up no he's holding the water he made the water You see him hanging on a cross. The cross didn't hold him. He held the cross. Hey! Oh, that is too deep for you, man. I can't make it. You let it must now lag. I have prayed with all of the works said. Amen. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Who is Jesus to you? Makalim Dorabasha, the Son of God. You see controversy has been all along since the early don't get afraid if people are controversial today controversy is not new differences of opinions are not new but you must personalize it and say jelle sê wat jelle wil maar vir my wie is die Here Christus vir my is he just a good man is he just a deceiver Is it just a wise man? No, no, he's more than all of that. We must really come to understand who Jesus is. Then number five or number four, whatever number you like, they said he was demon possessed. In John chapter seven twenty, they said you have a devil. Imagine people saying to God, the Son of God, that he has a devil. Have anybody ever told you you have a devil before? <laughs> Married people normally have that thing that the husband tells the wife you have a devil or the wife will tell the husband you have a devil. So don't lie to me if you married somebody must have told you you have a devil. One wife was so bad the pastor the brother was praying for her. And he said devil come out of this woman but the devil didn't want to come out then the pastor said to him you pray the wrong prayers this is a wicked woman rather say woman come out of this devil and the devil will be free ai it was just a joke please don't take don't criticize me for that You are demon possessed, but how can Jesus be demon possessed? Jesus Christ never sinned. Oh, I like this. I'm going to tell you something very powerful. When demons come on you, they lead you to sin. That's why a person's lifestyle says a lot about the person. Are you listening to me? Jesus Christ was a sinless man. 
He was perfect in all, all ways. He was both man and he was God. He was a divine man. But he never sinned. <clears throat> and this cannot be said of other people who claim to be messengers of God. Including the Apostle Paul. Including Peter. Including Pastor Chris. We have all sinned. But Jesus Christ never sinned. Hallelujah. He never killed anybody. He never married a woman so we couldn't mistreat a woman. He never had sexual relations with any woman. With any, he didn't molest children. Ay. He never had a, a husband for a boyfriend. Ay. He didn't murder anyone. He didn't attack anyone in their house. He never invaded another city to take it over. To claim it as his kingdom. No. He never looted shop right or checkers. He never stole anything from anyone. But some still said. He has a devil. Wow. Can I just for one minute just pause there. Don't easily show a person is false and has a devil and has a demon. My experience has told me people who point fingers like that, you will find sin in their lives. Are you listening? Then their, their opinions are often hidden in theological discussions. Or some other thing. But if you really take a magnifying glass. You see. Oh. That is your problem. As he rare he kerk nie. Say liever een sonde. Of sonde. My experience. Is, is like this, that all people who vehemently come against ministry and pastors, it's because they defend the sin in their lives. Aina, say aina man, say aina, aina. As a divorce of a pregnancy of a lilleke geit, as dame, say, say praat ander goed, want say stik weg jou sonde. En so mama stik weg hulle kinderse sonde. Praat ons van die kerk en ons praat van die en die. Nee, nee, kom ons praat van jou zonde. Die bloed van Jesus kan jou zonde weer was. But Jesus could not have a devil because he was without sin. Hallelujah. I tell you a second thing that makes him not have a devil. Because once they accused him and said you have a devil. Besides in John chapter 7. It was not only in John chapter 7 where Jesus was accused. He was accused numerous times. On one occasion they said you have a devil. You know what he answered them? Something very powerful. He said, I honor my father. How can I have a devil? Now there are even people who... Who attack me and say, stop teaching people to honor their fathers. Stop teaching people to honor you. You know why? 
There must be a devil somewhere. But Jesus said, I honor my father. How can I have a devil? People who find it difficult to honor. Honor means to highly respect someone. To highly respect people. If you find it difficult, I think, I think maybe there's a devil somewhere. If the words of Jesus is true, and I know you will say his words are true. I honor my father. How can I have a devil? <laughs> hey! Are you understanding me? Was he demon possessed? He could not have been. It was a false accusation against the Son of God. At one stage they called him Beelzebub. Beelzebub is Lord of the Flies. They said, you, you, you're doing these miracles by a demon. We're talking about Jesus. He said, no, no, no. no. How can I do something good like this? Devils don't do good things. A house divided against itself cannot stand. If you read your Bible a lot, you will know what I'm saying is in the Bible. I'm sorry, if you read your Bible a lot, you'll know. He said, a house divided against itself cannot stand. So if I'm doing good things and miracles, don't say it's a devil. Devils don't do good things and miracles. Devils steal, kill and destroy. Devils steal, kill and destroy. When your life is going down, when your marriage is broken, when your children are turning to homosexuality and drug addiction, then you must look for the devil, not when good things are happening to you. Oh, I love my preaching. If I had money in this pocket, I would have put it in this pocket for myself as an honor seed. Jesus Christ had not a demon because he didn't commit one wrong thing to nobody. And to you, my friends and my brothers, he didn't do you any harm. The Bible says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. He went about doing good and healing all those that were oppressed by the devil. I see that God can deliver you this morning from any oppression that you suffer. Because the Jesus I present to you was not demon possessed. But he cast out devils. Hallelujah. He cast out devils. And he promised us his servants that we too will be able to cast them out. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let me come to a close. They said to him, he does miracles. And some, see, some people see him as a miracle worker. And they are right that he did many miracles. Hallelujah. And he told his disciples they must do the same. He said to them they must heal the sick. He even told them to raise the dead. And to cleanse those who had leprosy. The Bible in the four Gospels explains or describes 35 miracles that Jesus Christ did. But we know that John said, 
There are many more things that he did that is not written in the books. Hallelujah. John 7, 31, many people believed him. And they said, if, the, if, if he's not the Christ, when the Christ comes, will he then do more miracles than this man did? The greatest miracle is to, rise, to raise someone from the dead. And, and uh, doctors today, God has given them wisdom to help sick people in many ways. See, but when a person dies, after a few attempts, then they, everybody packs up everything in the, in the surgery. The nurses put down the tools. The doctor takes off his cap and he walks away. Because they don't have the power to raise dead bodies back to life again. But Jesus Christ, when he came to earth, he even showed power over death. Hallelujah. And he raised, on four accounts, people were raised from the dead. The young girl who was dead, Jairus' daughter, he came to Jesus and said, Lord, come. My child is sick. And Jesus went with him. But while they came to the house, the people came and said, sorry. Don't bother the master anymore. For your daughter who was sick, she is now dead. They thought he was like an ordinary doctor who packs up his clothes and put, puts away his gloves when the person is dead. They did not know that this is not an ordinary man. This is a man whose miracles go beyond normal miracles that you see that people do. He can even raise dead people back to life again. Hallelujah. And something very wonderful in that story. When he went into the room where the dead body was, he had to put out certain people. Otherwise, the power of God could not work well. Sometimes in life, some people must be removed from you. Otherwise, you won't see the power of God. Because those people that were around the daughter was crying because of her death. They were, they were not believers. They were now doubting. And when Jesus entered the room, the first thing he said, And only those who believe in me can go into this room with me. Peter, you, James, you, and John, you. Hey! Marianas, I, I, I. Ek wil vir jou sê, ek is hier eerste paste wat mense uitsit die. Jesus, jy toek mense uitgesit, halleluja. Get out. Because we can't do the work of God with, with such people around. Glory to God. Look, everything is in the Bible, man. Then he raised the girl from the dead. He said, Talita kumi. She shut up and he said to the papa, here's the daughter. Now you would think everybody will believe this man. Now nobody can say he has a devil. Look at the wonderful signs. Do you believe that people still said no? Maybe the girl wasn't dead. Maybe she was in a coma. So Jesus thought, okay, if that's what you say. Let it be. 
Then one day he showed them. A boy was really dead. They were even carrying him to the graveyard now. Are you with me? And they do bury people like immediately, you see. But this boy was already in the coffin. The doctor checked him. He didn't answer. And so they, they also listened. There was no breath, nothing. I don't know what they did in those days. But they took this boy in a coffin and they took him uh, to the graveyard. This happened in a city called Nain. It's in your Bibles. When you read it one day, you'll come across it. Hallelujah. And the Bible says Jesus saw his mother who was a widow already. She was crying and he had compassion on her. He was coming with his entourage of men. And they were coming with the entourage of the funeral going that way. Life was walking this way and death was coming this way. Hey! But when life met death, the greater power. You see, in our world today, when death comes, it's final. My wife always tells me, death is final. You'll never see that person again. That's a sadness about, about death. That's why the Bible calls death an enemy. It's an enemy. It takes away people we love. But here comes this man. Who some said was just a good man. Some said he was a deceiver. Some said he was a wise man. Some said he's a miracle worker. But now he proves to them that after the doctors declared the boy dead. He stopped the entrance. And he said. Open this coffin. Yay! The funeral undertaker said, What gaat nou aan? The man said, My nog hier wat halen. He spoke to the boy. He spoke to a dead body. He said, Boy, I say to you, Arise! I clung said, Reg up. Die mensen waar die kastraal had van die kast, alle hardloop, alle dinge sy spook, maar dat is die jare. Do you know what the people said? You would say, they would say, no, now we believe him. They said, no man, maybe the boy was in a deep coma. He can't be a good pastor. He's got the devil. <laughs> Jesus said, okay. Is that what you say? Because sometimes people go into comas and then they wake up, you know. So they said, this is probably such a case. Then not long after, he got a message from Mary and Martha. They said, come quickly. Our brother is very sick. He said, no, 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 no. If I go now, then the people will still have all these things. Let me wait. Then another message came and said, he's dead. You must come now just to console Mary and Martha. I said, if I go now, they will say the same like they said with the boy of Nain. And the Jerry's daughter, come on, wake up, bitchy. I got a lot of things. Hey, I got a lot of things. Hallelujah. Day two, say, Lord, we must go. Say, wah, 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 wah. 
Hulle sê nie maar dit was dabbele mounie en een dabbel kouma. Tijd drie. Hulle sê, jyre, meer jylle heil. Gaat sê net vir hulle. Troos hulle net. Hy sê nie, wacht. Drie dag. As ek hier genoeg vir die ongerloofige veel mens. Kom ons gee vida. Hoeveel? Vida. En in the fourth day, he said, let us go. He said, jyre nie man, hy is dood. He said, hy is dood nie. Hy slaap maar net. Halleluja, voor jylle sê, hy is geslaap. Ek sê jylle so maar nou, hy slaap maar net. Halleluja! Then Mary and Martha came running to him and said, Lord, if you were here, we know you are a miracle worker. But if you were here before he died, you could have helped him. Because we know your power is great, but your power only stops at the grave like Dr. Parker and Dr. Muhammad from Tigerberg. But that day, many years ago in history, Jesus Christ proved beyond the shadow of a doubt that he's not a normal miracle worker, but he's more than that. He had power over death. Hallelujah. So he said to them, they said to him, Lord, we can't. He said, open the grave. They said, no, Lord, he's already stinking. Because after four days, rigor mortis has set in. Yeah, and the flies that laid the worms in the nostrils had already uh, at the eggs in the nostrils had already turned to worms and they started eating the body. And the bed bugs, the bed bugs in the sand bugs in the sand had come into the coffin and already eaten the mice that were in the nose. How now? He said, open the grave. And he looked down and shouted with a loud voice. He said, Lazarus. Do you know why he called his name Lazarus? Do you know why when he raised Lazarus, he called him out of the grave? If he didn't, if he only said, come out, then all the graves would have opened up. Oh my God. So we had to be specific. He had to be specific and say, Lazarus, I'm talking to you. Come out. Hallelujah. And the greatest miracle recorded in the Bible was the raising of Lazarus from the dead. But Lazarus' miracle was three miracles in one. Number one, Lazarus' soul had already gone to heaven. So we had to return the soul back into the body. Hey! Yes. And then also, the bugs that were eating the worms and everything, they had to spit, everything had to be reversed. Reverse osmosis. The bug had to spit out the worm, had to spit out the egg, had to spit out the fly, and all the flesh had to come back into his body again. And his heart started beating. And then as he came out, he was immediately healed from the sickness that killed him. Otherwise, he would have died again immediately if the sickness wasn't healed. So three miracles in one, the raising of Lazarus from the dead, proved to people that after four days, this was no ordinary man. This Jesus Christ is the one I love, the one we sing about, the one we pray to. 
What else did they say about him? I'm closing. Oh, my time is finished. He was a prophet, they said. In John chapter 7, 40. Many of the people, therefore, when they heard the saying, said of the truth, this is a prophet. Others said, this is the Christ. But then some said, can Christ come out of Galilee? Jesus was more than a prophet, my friends. Jesus is the eternal figure of Christianity. His life and ministry separate him eternally from any past or present religious leader. But the greatest revelation of all was when Peter said to him, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. He said to Peter in Matthew 16, Who do you say I am? And Simon said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, if you want to have salvation, you must receive Jesus. You must have a personal revelation about Christ. Who is he to you? He may be different things to different people, but the question remains, who is he to you? You must receive him as the only mediator between God and man. The only savior. 1 Timothy 2.5 says, there is one God and there is one mediator between man and God. Christ Jesus. Don't say to your other religious families that they have a God and you have a God and your God is the same as their God and it doesn't matter who you serve. This is all fallacies and lies. There is only one mediator between God and man by which you can be saved and that is Jesus Christ. There is no other name given among heaven by which we can be saved in the book of Acts. But by the name of Jesus. Don't trample his name underfoot. And don't trample the blood of Jesus underfoot. He's more than a man. He's more than a wise man. He's the mediator. If you go to our garden. You'll see there's a bridge. We put in the garden. And there's a sign that says. The bridge is a symbol of Jesus. Is the bridge from the world to God the Father. It's the bridge from your sinful life to a life with God the Father. It's the bridge from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. There can be no other bridge. There's no mediator. Somebody who stands between you and God. Your sin has separated you from God. But Jesus who came the eternal lamb. He became a bridge so you can walk over. And to the other side. Who is Jesus to you? May he become real. May he become real to you. When I was a young boy. God gave me a revelation of Jesus. I had a vision of Jesus. So sometimes people. Accuse you of saying the right. Op the exact opposite of who you really are. But if you can have a revelation of Jesus, you, 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 you cannot love other things more than the, the one that you saw in the revelation. When you know that it is He who died on the cross and was nailed with blood-soaked hands and thorns in His brow, you can't have another, another revelation. He wasn't just a man. He wasn't just a good man. 
He wasn't just a wise man. He wasn't just a prophet. He's more. He was God's eternal plan for you and for me. I, I, can't, I can't explain it because it is a spiritual uh, uh, experience you all must have. That you will see Him. It is not a story of 2,000 years ago. But it's real. And I wish you could see him. I wish you could see him as he hung on the cross. The look of love in his eyes towards you and towards me. Why should you perish, he said. If you can receive me, you shall have eternal life. My blood that is a ransom for you. As the blood streamed down that cross, it was for you and for me. Then you will fall in love with him. This man of whom they said is a devil, a blasphemer. He'll become your savior. He'll become your savior. Bow your heads, please. Is there anybody here this morning who has not yet had this revelation of Jesus as a Savior? He's asking you today, who do you say that I am? Who is Jesus to you? Is he just a miracle worker? Is he just a wonderful story in the Bible? My friends, you need to meet him. Oh, if you can meet him. If you can only meet him. He become real to you. Your very existence is dependent on him. He holds you in the palm of his hand. Maybe your life has not been a pleasant life. Maybe your story has not been a good story. Today your life can change. If you find Him, if you meet Him, at the cross you will see the light. You must receive Him as your Savior. And your burdens of your heart will roll away. Is there somebody that came here this morning, you say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to receive this Jesus that you're talking about. I've heard about him, but I don't know him like you, like you know, like you are explaining to us this morning. I want to know him for real. I want to know him for real. I want to receive Christ in my life. My life is not what it should be. I need Jesus Christ. I need a miracle worker. Is there somebody like that? Put up your hand quickly. I want to pray with you. Is there somebody that wants to say, I want to commit my life? I see your hand. I see another hand. Is there a third person? You want to give your life to Christ. You want to commit. Maybe you're a backslider. You did serve the Lord, but things are not working. Maybe through this coronavirus, you could see that you are going backward. Your love for God has grown cold. I want you also to come and let me pray for you. I'm going to pray for some people here. I want you to come stand here. I want to pray for you. Everybody stand to their feet. 
And those people who put up their hands, come stand here with me. Come, I want to pray for you. Don't be ashamed. My heart, it rolled away. Hallelujah. It was there by faith. I received my son. Now I am happy all the way. At the cross, at the cross. Yes, I first saw the light. Oh, the burdens of my heart rolled away, rolled away. I want you all to pray this prayer after me. Whether you're a backslider, whether you... It's the first time you come to receive Jesus. This is an important prayer. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today just as I am. I've heard the preacher say, I heard the preacher you are more than a good man. You are more than a good man. You are more than a prophet. You are more than a prophet. But you are our savior. But you are our savior. I want you to save me today. I want you to save me today. Please wash me with the blood. Please wash me with the blood. Cleanse me, Lord Jesus. Cleanse me, Lord Jesus. Give me a new name. Give me a new name. And make me a new person. And make me a new person. Please write my name. Please write in my the name book of life. In the book of life. I give my life to you. I give my life to From you. this day. From this day. I want to serve you. I want to serve you. I want you. to follow you. I want to follow you. Do a miracle for me. Do a miracle for me. Fix the broken things. Fix the broken things in my life. In my life. And let my love for you grow stronger every day. And let my love for you grow stronger every day. In Jesus name. In Jesus name. Amen and amen, amen and amen. Just clap for them. Pastor Ali, give them a book. Uh, give them a book. Give them a book. Keep coming to church every day I will teach you the word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.